live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick James. I am Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you hear this voice today, do not turn in the window. Hello, this is Rick Lee James, and today's episode of Voices in My Head is brought to you by Penny's Change Machines. Most change machines will only give you four quarters for a dollar, but not Penny's Change Machines. When you put a dollar bill into Penny's Change Machines, you get 100 pennies back. Insert a $5 bill and you'll get 500 pennies back. And Penny's takes large bills too. Insert a $100 bill and you'll get 10,000 pennies back. Just like other change machines, but without the convenience. Hey everybody, this is Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head, episode number 16. As I'm sure you realize, there really is no such thing as Penny's Change Machine, but Voices in My Head is now open to sponsorships at this time. So if you have something that you would like to highlight, all you have to do is go to my website, rickleejames.com. Tip, uh, there's a tip jar link that you just click on where it says tip jar and it'll show you how you can donate money toward this show and when you do you can either just donate or if you would like to actually have something sponsored uh, we can bring this episode in your name that week maybe it's for somebody else maybe it's for a website you're pushing maybe it's for a product maybe it's for something great like pennies change machines but all you have to do to become a sponsor is go to that link I do have final approval so if you submit something and I don't find that it's appropriate for the content of this program, um, I will give it back to you and, and definitely refund any money that you would give over. Uh, just using that to offset the costs of the podcast. I want to keep this free and I want it to be something that everybody can download for free. Uh, but there are some costs involved. So if you'd like to be a part of that, please feel free. If you want to place an ad after leaving some money uh, where it says tip jar, just send the ad to me. My email address is rljames29 at yahoo.com. And uh, I'll make sure and go through that. And you can sponsor an upcoming episode of Voices in My Head. Well, just a couple announcements to get out of the way. This Wednesday, April 25th in Buffalo, Kentucky at the Buffalo Church of the Nazarene, 7 o'clock p.m., I am doing a free concert in Buffalo, Kentucky. So if you live anywhere near Buffalo, Kentucky, come on out Wednesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, I believe they're just asking for donations that night, kind of a love offering thing. Uh, so I'd love to see you. Please make a, a point if you can and you're in the area to come out to Buffalo Church of the Nazarene this coming Wednesday night, April 25th. And uh, also, there are still slots left at Song Discovery's Creative Conference in Nashville. That's this coming uh, Thursday and Friday, April 26th and 27th. Um, Israel Houghton, Tommy Walker, Cindy Morgan, Jason Ingram, Jenny Lee Riddle, and many more are going to be at this conference. I am really looking forward to being a part of this event uh, again this year. It's sponsored by WorshipLeader.com, and uh, and WorshipLeader.com has a wonderful service. Every month they send out a new disc with brand new uh, worship music to churches. Uh, it comes with Worship Leader magazine. And my guest today on the show is Phil Cias, who is the a and director at Song Discovery. And so we're going to have a great conversation. You're going to get to hear a little bit more about not only what's going on at Worship Leader Magazine in the Song Discovery department, but about some things that are coming up at this great event, the Song Discovery Creative Conference. So now that we have those announcements out of the way, I'm going to get to a segment that I haven't had on the show in a few weeks, Stuff Rick Likes. Stuff Rick Likes. Well, this past week, my wife and I, along with my cousin Riley and his wife Laura, had the privilege of going to Chicago, Illinois, which is quite a city to try to drive through. It's a really kind of a neat city, but uh, Chicago Comic Entertainment Expo was where we found ourselves. It's also known as C2E2. It's a convention spanning the latest and the greatest from the worlds of comics, uh, movies, television, toys, anime, manga, 
or manga or manga. I don't know how you say that. I don't read it. Um, video games. Um, so uh, my wife, like I said, my cousin and his wife, um, Laura, we, we all went up there together. And I got to tell you, folks, the show floor was packed. It was in the McCormick. Uh, McCormick Place Convention Center, huge place, and it just had hundreds of exhibitors. I mean, there were like great panels with uh, speakers and guests. Uh, there was autograph sessions, and um, you know, they gave you know comic book and movie fans a chance to interact with their favorite creators. There was actors there from movies. John Cusack was there. Val Kilmer was there. Um, you know, just different people, uh, television stars, people from the show Nikita. Um, there were screening rooms for sneak peeks at like films and television shows months before they would hit the big or the small screen. And for me, the most fun, uh, because just who I am, I guess, was kind of looking at comics and finding pieces of my childhood, like the Superpowers, Hall of Justice. Um, I was able to actually purchase that. There's pictures on Facebook, and I even found Mark Wade, who was one of my favorite all-time writers. Uh, we got a picture together because it, um, Mark and I look an awful lot alike. I could see maybe 25 years down the road, maybe that's my future. I don't know, but uh, we got a picture together. I'm actually going to try to get him on the show. He's a fascinating writer, and I'd love to hear his perspectives on things. Uh, but go to the Facebook page on Voices in My Head. You can find the video there. Um, there, just, just It's a short video, like a minute and a half. You can see a lot of the stuff that we were at. But C2E2 definitely gets my recommendation this week on the show. And it happens again next year. You should try it, man. Oh, yeah. I recommend it. Another recommendation that I have today, if you love worship music like I do, um, you know, I, I don't I don't love all worship music. I think a lot of it is very derivative and just kind of says the same thing over and over again. But there's a lot of it that is actually truly some of the great artistry, and I believe it actually goes along with some of the great music of our time. Paul Balash just never fails to deliver wonderful worship music that serves the church. It can be done with a huge band. It can be done with just an acoustic guitar. You could probably even sing most of it a cappella. He has a new album, and it's a studio album. Oftentimes, uh, Paul puts out live albums, so it gets a feeling for a like live worship service but his new album the same love is a studio album and i wondered you know is it going to have the same feel as one of his live albums where it's an actual worship event that's taking a place and uh, it does not fail to deliver if you have a chance i i actually just downloaded the whole album yesterday after hearing just a few advanced tracks from it uh, the Same Love is a very solid album just like all of Paul's releases from top to bottom it features artists like Carrie Job, uh, Ben Fielding, Jason Ingram, Catherine Scott, the Brothers McClurg, and all sons and daughters. Um, and, you know, Paul just keeps bringing listeners back to the cross, to Christ, his resurrection. And, um, you know, he takes on this album, as he does a lot with his songs, he takes many great lyrics from the great hymns of the church and he puts them into a new frame. Um, they aren't word-for-word -word copies. I don't, I don't mean that he just takes them and rehashes old hymns or anything or even hymn tunes. But he takes some some great lines from some great hymns and reframes them and puts them into completely new songs and still allows us to sing some of the great theology of the church. So, um, you know, I, I have no doubt that you will be hearing a number of these songs in congregational worship in your local churches in the coming days. So... Um, it's the Same Love by Paul Balash, great new studio album. Again, I'm not getting anything for these recommendations. I wish I was, but just some things that I like, and uh, that's why we have this segment, Stuff Rick Likes, and uh, The Same Love gets my highest recommendation. You should try it, man! Well, there's another segment on the show that we haven't done in a couple weeks, so I wanted to bring it back. And for the first time, I'm going to be playing electric guitar on the Practically Useless Guitar Lesson. Well, it's the Practically Useless Guitar Lesson. Yeah! All right, well, today the Practically Useless Guitar Lesson is how to play the Twilight Zone song. Uh, this is Practically Useless but it's uh, pretty difficult to play, too, in some ways, so it, it may be for a little bit more intermediate. 
But once again, it's practically useless, but not completely. So if you want to take an electric guitar, and the reason I'm using the electric guitar today is it's I don't have a cutaway acoustic that can, I can go up this high on. But you want to take your first finger, and you want to put it on the second string, your B string, and you want to go all the way up to the 18th fret. And you want to keep that finger planted on the 18th fret of the second string. And then with your second finger, you want to go to the 18th fret of the first string, your E string. And you want to keep that planted, so you get this sound. Now here's the reach, and it's a little bit more difficult part. Also, while you're holding these strings down, you want to go up to the uh, 21st fret on your B string, and you want to use your third finger, and you want to play this. And then you want to go up with your pinky and hit the 22nd fret on the second string, so you get this. So when you play it all together, you got to go kind of like this. Well, let me try that again. It's a little difficult. So that's the practically useless guitar lesson of the day, the Twilight Zone song. And that concludes today's practically useless guitar lesson. Well, it's the practically useless guitar lesson. Yeah! Well, listeners, I already told you that I was up in Chicago this past week, and I was at an event called C2E2, and one of the panels that I sat in, they were discussing the digital versus uh, regular book issue, and I thought it might make an interesting question of the week if we were to talk about that, because uh, even in the comic book industry, I don't know how many of you know this, but digital comics is kind of a new wave that's coming through, and some people you know, really like it. Some people want to stick to the old ways and just have regular paper books. And, and, I, and I know that that actually uh, carries over into just regular reading, too, not just comics or magazines. So uh, I wanted to get your input on this. So for Question of the Week, here is our question. Question of the Week. What is your preferred method of reading, an actual paper book or an electronic reader? Now, an actual book won this week by a very narrow margin on the actual polls. And by the way, you can vote for these every week on the Voices in My Head Facebook page. And if you can't find that right away, go to rickleejames.com. There's a link there for Question of the Week that will take you right to the Facebook page. Um, but we did have some actual written answers this week, too. And, and even though... Um, the actual book won as far as people that actually voted on the polls um, and actual written out thoughtful answers we actually uh, had electronic books reading so very interesting discussion and we talk about it with Phil a little bit in a minute as well but the uh, first answer Tony James my sister actually nothing like nepotism uh, answered her, her answer was an actual paper book. She said, I love to read real books, but there's just something about being able to actually turn the pages. Online is great for research, but when reading for study or for pleasure, I prefer an actual book, though audiobooks are great when traveling. Um, I don't know if she's ever tried an electronic reader. I know she's talking about internet and audiobooks. Um, not sure if she fully got the question, but that's fine. I'm just picking on my sister a little bit because I like to do that. Uh, Brandon Hancock, who has actually been a guest on the show in the past. Dr. Brandon, I should say. His answer was electronic reader. He says, I prefer the reading experience. Uh, you asked about the reading method. Uh, on my Kindle, but for note-taking and collection-slash-ownership, I still can't give up real books. And then Matthew Cole, also a guest on the show in the past, uh, he's answered every week. I, I tell you what, if a week happens and Matt doesn't actually come on and answer the question of the week, I'm, I'm going to fear that he's sick or dead somewhere. Um, but faithful listener Matthew Cole says... Two things on this. His, his answer was electronic reader, but he said, First of all, I don't know why, but my eyes don't get tired as quickly when reading on my Kindle. Second, I am usually reading multiple books at once, so this makes it easier when packing or having a book available, if I have a few moments to read while out and about. Well, uh, that's an interesting question of the week. I think we're going to see more and more that electronic books are going to become uh, the way 
more and more of us read books, if for no other reason, is it saves on trees, and uh, that's always a good thing. But I do love the actual paper books, and especially for comic books. I mean, come on, it's just really hard to to not hold that in your hand and, you know, kind of smell the newsprint. And it used to be the older comics especially had a, a certain smell to them, the pulp and everything. But let's let's not go into reminiscing here about the good old days. Um, I'm all for electronic readers as well. I think they're great. Uh, if I had one, I think I'd be using it all the time. I think it's a really great way to go. But as far as for comic books, I think I just want the comic books. Well, my guest next week on the show is going to be Jason Gray, the singer-songwriter, more like Fallen in Love, the Golden Boy and the Prodigal, really great uh, music, and we're going to be talking with him. And he has an album out that's called Everything Sad is Coming Untrue, and there's also a track on the album by that title. And that actually comes from a J.R.R. Tolkien reference from the Lord of the Rings books, and that comes from Return of the King. And so in honor of Jason coming on the show next week, um, I wanted to ask a question related to Lord of the Rings. Some wonderful books by a great Christian author. And uh, the question is, who is your favorite character in Lord of the Rings? So that's the question of the week for next week when we have Jason Gray on the show. So I hope you'll go online to the Facebook page or go to rickleejames.com and answer that. And join us again next week for Question of the Week. Question of the Week. Well, as I made reference earlier in the show, later this week I'm going to be at the Song Discovery Creative Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, which is put on by Worship Leader Magazine's uh, Song Discovery. And it's a wonderful event. And last year uh, I got to meet so many great people from the music industry, even got to share a song which I'm just about to play for you. I think I've played it on the show before, but I just thought, well, it's appropriate because uh, this song actually allowed me to have some access and open some doors for me with Kingsway Music, and um, we're in, in talks about doing some publishing. And, and uh, so anyway, just an exciting time. If you have a chance to go to the Song Discovery um, uh, event or anything that Song Discovery puts on, I, I highly recommend it. Um, Phil Seas is my guest today, and immediately after the song that's about to play, uh, we're ha I have an interview with Phil. He's just such a wonderful, gracious person, and he has so much good things to say. Uh, so, gosh, I can't talk today. So many good things to say. Let's try grammar for a change, at least proper grammar. But uh, pay pay close attention to what Phil has to say. He listens to uh, a lot of worship music, and he's very humble, and, and he would never want to say this. Uh, but I know that Phil is responsible in many ways for the music that we hear in our churches today on a regular basis. He goes through um, so many discs every week of songs that are submitted to him, both major labels, independent artists like myself. And when he finds gold there, uh, he, he puts it out through the Worship Leader magazine, and that goes out to thousands of readers and listeners every week, worship pastors. And um, he's just such a nice, humble guy, and he's doing a great service for the church, helping us find music to worship God to. So immediately after I lift up my eyes, we're going to hear my interview from earlier this week with Phil Sias of Song Discovery, and I thank Phil again for being a part of the podcast today. Say
My guest today is the A&R Director of Worship Leader Magazine's Song Discovery Service. His role at Song Discovery, as well as his experience as a songwriter, gives him a unique place among the songs and writers that are steering today's modern worship music. I'm pleased to welcome today's guest, Phil Seas, to Voices in My Head. Phil, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. I've always been a fan of the Song Discovery Discs as well as Worship Leader Magazine. Uh, but before we get into that, actually, we're going to begin with what I do with every guest every week on the show, which is the question of the week. And to preface this question for you, I am a bit of a comic book nerd, and I just got back from a convention in Chicago. I took a few days of vacation with my wife, and we just enjoyed Chicago. But one thing we did was uh, we went to this, as I call it, a geek fest, I guess, where a bunch of comic booky people are. Uh-huh. And uh, they were having a discussion about digital versus just regular paperback books. And it seems like the industry, not just comics, obviously, but books and even music, really, you know, has gone that route in a lot of different ways. So the question of the week this week for you is, what is your preferred method of reading, an actual paper book or an electronic reader? Uh, I'm going to have to say that I've become a big fan of the Kindle. Um, so I got one a couple years ago, and it's I'm actually reading a lot more now than hmm. I ever have. Um, yeah, I, I, it's funny because I'm a fan of the physical audio CD or, you know, and I'm not, you know, I, but I'm not, I guess books are so big, and when you're traveling or whatever, it's great to have, like, a ton of books in a little Kindle reader. So I'm going to have to say digital. All right. Well, you're not alone. We've had some other answers for that as well. So, well, that's great. Thank you for answering the question of the week this week. Yeah. And uh, we're we're going to start today, if we could. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about who you are, because I know who you are, because I'm familiar with Song Discovery, but I'm, maybe a lot of our listeners aren't sure who you are. And uh, if you could just maybe give us some of your background and, and what led you to the path to uh, Worship Leader Song Discovery. Sure. Um, well, I'll, um, my my role here at Song Discovery is um, I've been here for about seven years. Song Discovery is a service uh, that goes alongside with Worship Leader Magazine. So we just finished our hundredth volume this month, um, if you can believe that. So that's great. Yeah, and uh, what I do is um, I kind of. All the song submissions from songwriters, worship leaders, record labels, publishers, um, independent writers, uh, churches all come into my office, and I kind of filter through them every every month, and um, then I get it down to about 25, and I then create a online listening panel with worship leaders from around the country that they decide what the final 12 is for each issue or each volume of song discovery. So, um, which, which is really exciting because, uh, we have a different panel every month. Um, and they're just, they're from different parts of the country, different sizes of churches, different denominations. So we can really get a great, um, we can get a, uh, you know, we get a great idea of what can work and, in all churches and not just one specific type of church. So, um, so that's what I do here along with, uh, overseeing all of the licensing and everything once the songs are are selected. Um, and, uh, I also help out with our conferences in terms of, um, helping, uh, put together the content, the music and worship for those, which would be the song discovery and the round. And then also, um, they uh, let me help out a little bit with the National Worship Leader Conference. So pretty pretty busy uh, schedule here at Worship Leader Magazine. Wow. And and you yourself are a songwriter as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 
So that's I, I kind of started at a very early age doing that, um, uh, <laughs> and which has been great. I mean, I I I knew early beyond that's what I um and uh, so I've been writing pretty much all of my life, um, and have been in, involved in Christian music and songwriting and producing probably for about um, a little over twenty, a little over twenty years now. So it's been it's been great, and God's been very gracious to uh, allow me to still be active in uh, the church and the industry. So I'm a, I'm a very blessed guy. Well, that's wonderful, and I know that uh, that every month I always look forward to, you know, when I get my Worship Leader magazine, tearing off the plastic, and one of the first things I always do is I grab that disc out, and uh, before I even read any articles or anything, I always want to hear the newest in worship music, and I've been listening to it for so many years that I, I think probably, a, you know, at least almost half of the things that I lead whenever I'm leading worship um, I've probably found off of Song Discovery, and, you know, I can go back as far as when I first started uh, getting the disc, which was probably 10 years ago or so, and wow. uh, songs like, you know, Come Now is the Time to Worship, my first experience hearing stuff like that, or, uh, you know, Here I Am to Worship, were, were from things like Song Discovery, and then, like, going on up to the present, I'm still hearing great things, whether it was... You know, just a, a year or two ago when, you know, Chris Tomlin's Our God was coming out or I'm hearing stuff from Michael Gungor or then people who are lesser known, too, who are not on big labels but are just worship leaders and they just really have a heart for God. And it's been a great thing just to be able to hear week after week uh, just just God songs and things that are, are not, not so much, um, you know, they're not so much about these songs that are going to make these people be the so-called quotations, you know, Christian celebrities, but these are songs that are actually there to serve the church. And yeah. I really appreciate that. I, and I know probably a lot of our listeners do um, also subscribe because there's quite a few worship leaders. Uh, I know of at least a handful that I personally know that use that on a weekly basis. So we want to thank you, first of all, for being a part of that because it's a great a great service to the church. Well, thank you, yeah. But I got I also got thinking like wow the the title of my podcast Voices in My Head you should probably be the spokesperson <laughs> for that because right. you just have voices in your head probably on an almost constant basis. Now how many uh submissions did you say you probably get in a month at Song Discovery? You know when you when you figure it all out with you know there's single songs and then there's full projects and stuff. I mean I think we're probably Listening to you know a thousand songs a, a disc, mm. and uh, you know the thing of it is is I listen to every submission um, uh, that we get, and be, and a lot of it is is because I was kind of found in the mail um, in Christian music. My my first uh, the first uh, song that I, I that was found through was through the mail. So I um so I, I just always um you know, and I was from California and this got heard in Nashville and um you know, I just it's like it's just kind of um I make sure that myself or my assistant it's like every song needs to get listened to because you just you know, you never know. Sure. Well that's really incredible. Now do you find yourself sometimes I personally because I listen to a lot of music and um, I not only lead worship at my church, but I also travel and do a lot of concerts and things. And so I'm uh, constantly listening to music, it seems like. And sometimes a refuge for me is I'll get in my car and listen to talk radio <laughs> once in a while. I'm, do you find that that's the case for you after a day of listening to music? Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, that That's really funny. Yeah, I usually will listen to sports talk radio on my way home or <laughs> coming into work. So, um, yeah, but... I mean, I really enjoy it. So it's, yeah. um, it's always, I mean, it's just neat to see, um, you just, we get a really neat snapshot of different communities around the country and what's going on, you know, musically and, and then, and then also seeing the influences, you know, that are starting to, that, that are happening, you know, now or having a couple of years ago and, and seeing how that's influencing churches and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's very rare that I get a little, that I get um, 
uh, overloaded with with material. So that's great. Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you a question then that's related to that. And uh, I I actually had um, a guest on the show, which is a friend of mine named Fred Human, and uh, he works for Kingsway Music. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually was saying that you know it's. It's hard sometimes to keep fresh ears when you're trying to listen because you do hear so many things. And he had kind of a funny story when he was on the podcast a few weeks ago. And uh, he was with his friend Darlene Jack a few years ago. And he said that uh, she played this song for him that, that every record company has just rejected. And, and he listened to it himself and he said, eh, it's, it's an okay song, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of derivative. I, I'm not sure. It's I mean, it's good. It's a fine song. Well, he said it turns out that that song was Shout to the Lord. Yeah. And uh, so somebody obviously didn't have, you know, fresh ears at the time to hear, you know, just the song that God really touched. How do you yourself, just is it a, a challenge to keep fresh ears to be able to hear uh, such music when you have so much coming across your desk? Um, yeah, it is, I mean, it is a challenge. And I think in, in a case like Shout to the Lord, I mean, I mean, there are... Songs that that make their way to the church. I mean, there's there's a couple of things that that line up. You know, a lot of it is um, a particular movement. It's a particular artist. It's a particular timing. You know, um, so uh, I can see. You know, um, I was having a discussion with um, somebody about the song "Blessings" by Laura Story, mm, yeah. and and that song has just been an amazing song and has ministered to so many people, but I don't know if that song would have had its impact, the same impact, you know, two years ago. Um, just because, you know, now that people are aware of Laura and, you know, what a great voice she is of the church. So she's on people's radars. Sure. That always helps a song is getting it on multiple platforms, you know, and, so it's kind of like that's that's kind of our battle cry here at Song Discovery is to create a platform that songs where it's all about the song, hmm. you know, and it's not about you know a marketing budget from a record company or or what have you. It's about the song, and um, and then you let the worship leader, the gatekeeper, decide. You know, does that song fit my community? Hmm. Is that song going to minister to my congregation? And so. Um, that's it's it's a crazy thing you know i mean uh you know what what song listening listening to songs what song's going to resonate and what song's not and so um i think the songs that do resonate there there are some factors that all line up you know that help because we're it's such a big such a big world that we serve you know uh, the church musically so anyways yeah, well, that's that's great to hear. I know it must be a, a, a blessing and a challenge all at once because I'm sure there's only uh, so many times you can hear, you know, raise and praise together in different rhymes that, <laughs> that come across. And yeah. to, find, to find something fresh is, you know, I, I would say at the same time, um, what, a, what a blessing that is when you hear something and it comes across your desk. And uh, there's a few times, you know, I, I can remember myself just hearing things for the first time and there's, there's good songs and there's there's great songs, but yeah. then there's just at the same time they're just songs that for some reason God has just chosen to bless too, and I think He's really put His hand on, and and what a you know what a wonderful thing that you get to be a part of that experience of sometimes for the first time getting to hear that song you know and being able to give it a platform. Yeah, it's I mean it it, it is there's um, that never gets old in terms of you know. Um, here, getting sent a song from somebody and um, being part of the team that champions that song to the church. We're we're one part of you know many parts that get songs into the hands of worship leaders. You know, so um, it's neat when we all when we all get on the same page. You know, whether it's us or praise charts or worship together or Lifeway. You know, worship. You know, when we've all like. Without even talking to each other, everybody's like this song needs to be this song needs to be listened to by our 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 uh, uh, our subscribers or our our community and stuff. You know, it's all um, there's always like with every Paul Balash record, there's always one song that you know 
hands down, you know that this song needs the church. We need to get this into the church as fast as possible. Or, you know? or, or in Paul's case, sometimes it's there's six songs that need to be. <laughs> <laughs> what, an, what an amazing guy. Awesome writer. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, while we're on the, the subject of that, some of my listeners are writers, and uh, maybe you could just give them, because one thing I love about song discovery is you, you do have open submissions, and it doesn't have to uh, to be coming from, from a huge label or a huge budget or anything yeah. like that. But what are some of the, the mistakes that maybe a lot of writers make when, when they send you a demo to your office? Maybe some of the mistakes you hear that you could help them if they're getting ready to make a submission, something to, to try for. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I, I I subscribe to the fact that there are no mistakes in writing or, hmm. you know, and, um, I, you know, we're, I think the most, the, the, the obvious is if you're sending me a CD or an MP3 is, is make sure I have lyric sheets, hmm. um, also, you know, contact information. <laughs> so there's been a couple of times when I've when like a great song has been sent to me and um and I've been and I've spent like a good day or two trying to track down the writer through the church or what have you because it just you know, wasn't properly uh labeled or there wasn't proper contact. So that's kind of like to me the the most reoccurring thing is I get sent unlabeled songs and they're great and sometimes i just can't find who you know hmm. who sent it or, or what have you um i think uh when you're when you're submitting a song um and and this is kind of you know you you want to make sure that the the vocal is uh that i can you know that the listener can understand the enunciation of the words uh that the vocal's up in the mix um that's that's always very helpful because the one thing that can really squelch a great song is a bad uh, delivery of it, either from a vocalist or even, you know, musicianship, you know, out-of-tune guitars or what have you. So it's like even if it's just a piano vocal or a guitar vocal, I, it's you just want to put your best foot forward at all times. You know, these are um, – this is uh, – these are your babies, you know, so – um, that's that's what I would recommend, um, you know, but there's really uh, I've been doing this for a while. And what's really been great is being able to um, maybe have met a songwriter or worship leader three years ago. And, and there's been this evolution process to where you keep sending things in and you see the growth and then boom, you know, they're they're song, you know, they're on song discovery and and. Uh, and then even their songs being picked up by a publisher or what have you. So I mean, it's all we're always growing. So there's really no um, there's no mistakes. You know, we try and have as much grace here as 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 we can. You know, because we're just we're just fans uh, of of the songwriter. That's where our heart and soul is. That's great. Now, you you would also be in a unique place to maybe answer this question because when I'm trying to write a song. Um, a lot of times I I try to think of, you know, what, what does the church need to hear, especially if it's in the context of a worship song. And uh, I wonder, if, have you thought a lot about maybe things theologically that are missing from uh, a majority of our worship songs today that, that maybe writers should be writing about, that, that, that maybe you personally have just noticed? I don't hear a lot about this. Right. Well, I think um, our editor, Chuck Fromm, uh, who, you know, basically kind of sets the vision every year for the magazine as well as, you know, uh, for worship leader and everything underneath at our conferences and song discovering stuff. And just a, a brilliant, brilliant theologian. And, and I think the last two years we've really felt that there's been uh, a lack or a lack of biblical connection. You know, so songs that teach the Bible. So that's, um, we're, you know, we're, there's still a high rate of, you know, the I songs or Jesus is my, you know, this, yeah. you know, and it doesn't relate well to a congregation, mm. you know. Um, so, in fact, we're, we're really intentional on um, 
looking for songs that teach biblical scriptures, what we call scripture songs, songs that are out of the Psalms, you know, because that's like the greatest song book ever. Sure, sure. You know, so I think those, you know, especially um, with the new generation coming through musically, I mean, it's a new opportunity to uh, to teach scripture. Uh, and the best way to teach scripture is through song, you know. So I think there's, that that's going to be our real battle cry, I think, moving forward. Um, in fact, we're going to be uh, working on really focusing on the Psalms for worship leaders that will allow them to have resources that not only are songs about the Psalms, but teachings about it for the worship leaders so they know what they're singing yeah. and they can yeah. share that with their congregation, you know. So that's kind of where our vantage you know, from our vantage point right now is there's a, um, man, the, the more, the more scripturally sound stuff, the more the song the church can stand on, you know, mm. instead of just the emotional, you know, it's like, um, and those are, you know, those are great. We're songwriters and we write from our heart, but we also need to write from the voice, the heart cry of our, of our communities, you know, and, uh, so, um, yeah, if that, if that, helps yeah that's that's very good and that's one thing that i appreciate about some of the uh what i would call modern hymn writers like mm-hmm. um like keith and Kristen getty and Stuart town and is you know and i know i've heard keith say this uh before was just that uh, you know they want to write music that the church is not only truthful and scriptural but that the church can sing with confidence yeah. and and can just really belt it out and there's something about you know when you get to that part in saying Christ alone where I also heard for the first time through song discovery um but like you get to that line about you know no power of hell no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand and there's just something about the writing of that that's so truthful and it's universal it's it's not just I love Jesus and he's mine and we have this personal thing going on. It really is something that's cosmic and it's something that is powerful and world-changing that's going on in that moment about what God has done. So, and Christ alone is, I mean, that's the truth. It's the truth. You know, it's not somebody's, um, you know, here's what I'm feeling because I'm going through something. It's like, nope, this is the gospel. Exactly. You know? And the same thing, you know, um, you know, like uh, like the song "Our God" by by Chris Tomlin. I mean, that's that is poetic license from Scripture. That song sure. is amazing. And so, you know, as songwriters and lyric writers, I mean, the book speaks to the Bible speaks to us uh, different each person differently. And it's like if, if we can really tap into that and use that as our lyric, and, and you know, and as the Holy Spirit speaks to us as we write. That's going to bless the church, you know, and we see it, you know, I mean, we see it in Chris's stuff and Keith and Paul Blosh, you know, those guys, they go to the scripture. That's, Mm -hmm. those are the songs that resonate. And uh, um, so I just really would encourage uh, worship leaders that are writing songs for the church is to like go to the scripture, you know. Well, that's that's good advice for anybody, for sure. And um, I want to talk a little bit about a, a conference that's coming up. And you already mentioned that you get to help put on events through Song Discovery. And uh, maybe probably a week before this podcast, uh, let's see. I'm sorry, I'm thinking in my head. I guess it's this sure. coming weekend this podcast will come out. But uh, that same week, on the 26th and 27th, there's an event in Nashville. And the last couple of years, it's been called Song Discovery in the Round. And mm-hmm. it's been changed just a little bit and called now this year the Song Discovery Creative Conference. And right. I, I got to be a part of it last year, and it was a really great event. I'm going to be there again this year. And maybe you could just tell our listeners some about that, because I don't think it's too late if they want to come to this event. Yep. It's it's not too late. Um, yeah, the event is uh, April 26th and 27th, Thursday and Friday at Brentwood Baptist Church in uh, Nashville or Brentwood, Tennessee. Um, and we we kind of put it to two days because one of the things is worship leaders, um, you know, with media is all kind of converging. So, you know, with song, so. You know, and those are the people that do visuals. They are um, they are artists as well. The people that are bloggers are artists. Uh, the people that um, the people that are writing, um, 
you know, maybe it's devotionals or, you know, books. They're, they're artists. So, you know, we really just kind of want to bring the, the creative, the church creative together for two days. And what, there's not a better place than Nashville because we have access to all publishers, uh, songwriters. And it's just an app, it's just an opportunity to connect with these folks. And it's also an opportunity to be heard. For songwriters, we have, uh, one-on-ones where you get a 20-minute sit down with a, with a Christian publisher and where they can listen to your song and kind of assess where you are and give you some really great one-on-one critiques. I know a lot of great relationships have blossomed from that over the last um, two, three, this is our third one. So, um, you know, where these publishers normally wouldn't maybe have access to these independent writers. So it's just, it's just our way. I mean, really, the heart and the heart and soul of Worship Leader magazine is to connect people, and this is a perfect place for us to connect songwriters with publishers and industry folks, and vice versa. It's it's an opportunity for them to come and like, hey, come out come out of the offices, you know, come have some lunch with us, and let's just all hang. And and then in the evening we have a, a, a evening night of worship with Tommy Walker and. We're going to have Jenny Lee Riddle and uh, Michael Farron and Meredith Andrews and uh, Michael W. Smith. It's going to just be a, it's a really great uh, day and a half or two days for uh, for songwriters. So really encourage you to come on out. Sure. And I, and I as well would, uh, as someone who's been a part of a couple of song discovery events through the years, everything that you guys do is, is very much, it's good quality. I always think of Psalm 33 that says, you know, uh, sing and play skillfully and shout to the Lord. And um, it's not just it's not just that it's good music you're hear, hearing. The whole thing is done so well. It's done very skillfully and and tastefully. And um, and even last year, I've been one that you know I've been submitting songs for a while to different places. And just last year, when I sat down with one of the publishers and uh, played one of my songs, um, it was. Uh, it was very well received and taken back to Kingsway, and it opened up a relationship for me with uh, Kingsway Music, and then Lifeways looking at some of my stuff now. And uh, I know none of that would have happened without, you know, just even having a chance to talk about the publishers having access to the writers. Well, I think to an extent for us writers, we don't always get access to them either, and so that's been, you know, a real great thing. So if if anyone listening, you know, wants my opinion on it, it's a great thing to go to just uh, to form new relationships. But uh, and I also met some really great, you know, new friends that were uh, pastors and worship leaders, and you know, and you get to hang out and talk. Last year with people like Charlie Peacock, and yeah, um, you know, just a really great time. So I would encourage any um, any listeners who, if if you're listening to this before the 26th of April, um, to try to come and be a part of the event because it's something that is very beneficial. I think not only to you but to the church, and uh, and I, I'm excited as well that you've added this year things about media and uh, just different ways because that's such a big part it seems like anymore with our congregations right yeah well it's i mean yeah i mean just you know worship the 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 visual and the music they we have to work together now because they're so intertwined you know and uh, and that's a good thing and and we're finding some really um creative visual folks that this is their way of expression as well you know so um yeah we're we're all about uh just equipping the church and resourcing the church with whatever we can uh to make uh you know to 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 do our best every sunday you know well that's that's and I think you're doing a good job of it thank you so uh, much that's, i'm gonna pass that along to the rest of the team they'll be glad to hear that thank great, you great good well and i and i as well you should because i i'll say this everyone that i met um at all the events that i've i've been a part of with song discovery uh not just last year but they've always just been such warm and, and open people and uh i think sometimes you go to an event and there's almost a feeling of you know the the people in charge are putting themselves off a little bit from the people that attend and i've just never had that feeling from song wow. discovery yeah so well, you know, we're just, I mean, I think, I think all of us that work here at Worship Leader, we're just all fans is the wrong way, but we just, <laughs> we just love the church. You know, we love, we love the, the aspect of the worship service and music and songwriters and, um, 
you know, worship leaders and pastors. So, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it, it's it's like what well, it's like it would be like going to Disneyland and not going on the rides, you know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we love what we do out here, and so it's and it's always great once the events come and and you just get to hang with uh, people and meet people and and create relationships that that uh, that go on after you know after the event. Well. Um... And it, and it is so. Anyway, if if you're listening, listeners, come to this event. It's good stuff. Um, quickly, I, I want to be conscious of your time, but I did uh, have a question come in from one of our listeners that they wanted to ask you, if that's okay. Sure. Um, my, the listener's name is Matthew Cole, and I'm going to try to sum up his question here. He's uh, okay. he's actually a friend and a pastor in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, his he has a bit of a, a theological question, I guess. And uh, and the question is this, and, and he just kind of wants your your perception about this, and it has to do with roles of worship uh, for pastors, whether it's worship pastors or lead pastors. And his question reads like this: From your perspective, should the roles of lead pastors and worship pastors be perceived differently when it comes to their importance in the transformation of people into the image of Christ? Wow. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a big question. <laughs> huh. Um the role of lead pastor and worship pastor? Mhm. And and should they should there be a different perception in their importance when it, in in the process of the transformation of people into the image of Christ? I I think that's how we wanted it worded. Hmm. Um and maybe I could put a little context with that. Because sure. Yeah. He, be he when he sent this, I actually called him to try to get him to clarify it a little bit. Uh huh. And um, what I think he meant by it in asking it was, he said sometimes there is this perception. He said it may not be the reality, but there's this perception that um, the senior pastor, you know, what he does on Sunday morning, that's the main thing, and that's what really matters as far as soul formation goes. Um, and the example he gave was um, a lot of people will show up late to church, and the, but as long as they get there by the preaching, it's okay. <laughs> right. right. And so I guess his, you know, whether that's perceived or not, he was asking what, you know, is, is there really a difference, I guess, is, in probably the way he's asking it, is there really a difference in the importance between uh, what a worship leader, worship pastor does versus maybe what a lead pastor does on Sunday morning? Um, I don't, I mean... I think maybe I would say there's the importance is is equal in both. I think that um a lot you know it's important for us as a congregation to worship and sing together, you know, and to ready our hearts for what the message is going to be that Sunday. So I think a lot of that is culture of the church, you know, it's I think it is incumbent upon the pastor to uh you know to teach the congregation the importance of worship. So to me if if the congregation is kind of just hanging out and showing up, you know, a half hour into the service cuz that's when the um uh that's when the the message is going to be, then I don't think they're well informed as to what, you know, the whole service of worship is. I don't um I don't believe that it's split in half. There's music and then there's, you know, teaching. I think the two done right and done, you know, biblically, they complement each other and they're and they're essential to make each other as powerful as they can be. So, um I think, you know, it's I think the 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 lead pastor and the worship leader, they set the tone to the congregation as to what is um, you know, to where their heart is for leading the church. So I don't know if that helps or anything, but I I do know that, you know, I think there is a misconception of, well, there's music and then there's teaching, but I think personally they're, they need each other. And uh, there's nothing more powerful than a, than a, a community that sings together right. as one voice. And so, you know, and- and I guess I would add to that, there's only so much you can pack into a song, but then again, 
you don't generally leave humming the sermon. Absolutely. <laughs> so they are they are something that work very well together. And, and Matt, we hope that uh, that that was a, a good answer and a, a thought provoker, possibly on on that end of things. We thank you for your question. And uh, I want to thank you, Phil, for for being on Voices in My Head today. Quickly, is there a, a website or anything that you would re- want me to refer people to um, today if they want to know more about not only this conference that's coming up, but Worship Leader Magazine and Song Discovery? Yeah, just go to songdiscovery.com. It'll take you to our um, our homepage for Worship Leader Magazine and our conferences and everything Song Discovery. And you can find... Um, uh, information about our conference in Nashville, as well as our conferences in Kansas and uh, in California this year. So I'd love to see everybody out there and look forward to meeting everybody. Well, that's great. And I'm looking forward to being there again in just yeah. a couple of weeks. Well, we thank you, we thank you, Phil. And I'm going to stop the recording right about there. But listeners, go out and go to the websites and uh, and you know send some feedback to them as well. Let them know they're doing a good job. It's always great. <laughs> it's always great to get encouragement. And I'm sure you guys don't always uh, get a lot of feedback from listeners. It's always nice, yeah. you know. So we love hearing from you. Well, great. Well, I'm just going to stop the recording right about here. I do thank my guest today, Phil Cius from Worship Leader Magazine's Song Discovery, for being a guest on the show. Such a cool guy. And, Phil, I'm looking forward to seeing you this week in person in Nashville and getting to hang out a little bit. Uh, it's really a great thing. If you're able to and, and, you know, if you listen to the podcast after this event's happened, then maybe plan on going next year. But there are still some slots available if you want to be a part of the Song Discovery Creative Conference this year in Nashville, Tennessee. Just go to Worship Leader Magazine's website. Lots of good stuff. If you don't subscribe to Worship Leader, again, this is a plug for them, but I'm not getting anything for it. It's just I really believe in this. Uh, if you're a worship leader, even if you're not a worship leader, if you're just someone who, who loves worshiping God, Worship Leader magazine has so many good articles in it. You get uh, lots of uh, spotlights on different people. You get album reviews. You get to see about products that are coming out. Plus, if you order along with that, the Worship Leader Song Discovery Discs, which, as Phil just said, they just reached 100 volumes on that, and that's really fantastic for them uh, and for us in the church. Every month you get new worship songs, and it's just a great, great resource, You know, if you, especially if you're a worship pastor and you don't have a lot of money um, to go out and buy resource after resource after resource. Uh, every month you get uh, between 10 and 12 new tracks to maybe try out with your worship team, with your congregation. And they really have a, a great process of making sure everything on there is good quality, that it's biblical, that it's something that's actually in service for the local church. It's not about who's going to be the next rock star or anything. So uh, if you haven't tried Worship Leader Magazine, that's just a quick free plug for them. Uh, Phil is a great guy. Again, if you're gonna if you live in Buffalo, Kentucky, I hope to see you this coming Wednesday night or anywhere in the Buffalo, Kentucky area, seven o'clock p.m. at the Church of the Nazarene there in Buffalo. You can find more details at my website, rickleyjames.com. Thanks for listening to Voices in My Head, and I hope you have a blessed week. Bye. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.